You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 110. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Jen Trepik, an optimal health coach who teaches people how to eat and how to cheat. But today she's breaking down the science of willpower to clear up some myths so we can finally reach our goals. If you ever thought, I just don't have the willpower to do it, and honestly, who hasn't? Stay tuned because we're about to show you how anything is possible with just the right tweet. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. I am excited for today's show. And yes, I do always say that. I'm just like a mama who loves all her babies so much. Is that a little too much? Oh, well, let's just roll with it. So what is so special about today? Well, we have Jen Trepik on the show today, and she's just great. I mean, she's fantastic, you guys. I feel like she cuts through the crap and gets to the heart of the matter. There is less fluff and more action-inducing talk, and I love it. Jen Trebek has been described as a force of nature in the wellness space and has been recognized as one of Podcast Magazine's 40 Under 40. In addition to being an optimal health coach, she is also a podcaster and a business consultant. Jen grew up as the skinny one in a family of dieters, which she says was awesome, until it all went away. And so began her weight management saga. Ultimately, though, Jen learned the nutrition education we're all supposed to know, but no one ever taught us. This completely changed her life and has allowed her to say she's kicked her food issues. Her podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries, is based on science yet lighthearted and is the place where you can find Jen talking about living life while still making ourselves and our health a priority. She doesn't pull any punches, and now I know why she's referred to as a force of nature. So give it a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 110 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Jen's website, podcast, and all of her resources. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 110. And now let's get to our conversation. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Well, hi, Jen. Welcome to the Want to Be Minimalist show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I am excited. It's going to be a good one. We've been chatting a little bit before I hit the record button and I can already tell it's going to be a great show. So very excited yes. to have you here today. But for my listeners who don't know you and haven't gotten to spend the last, you know, few minutes with you chatting, can you please tell me about yourself and what led you to becoming what you call an optimal health coach? Yeah. So, hey, everybody, I'm Jen Trepic. You know, it's funny, my background is really, you know, in business and marketing. And I came to all this wellness stuff through, like so many of us, uh, through my own I call it a saga. I feel like the word journey, like just doesn't do it justice, right? Like it was dramatic and it was all over the place. I love you know? it. You know, I joke that I was like the skinny one in a family of dieters growing up and I was a dancer. And then 
I think it was really between high school and college when I started to gain weight. And so I was like, all right, I watched my family do this my whole life. Sign me up. Right. And I did every diet under the sun, gained and lost, like living life on the roller coaster. And even when I learned about the program that I now teach, I was like, no, no, that's okay. I've got my thing. Right. Like my thing yeah. was the crazy merry-go-round, but I didn't need whatever they had. And long story short, ultimately, I saw people who were following this program. You know, it's really an education, but I saw people who had learned this and noticed that one, they were keeping the weight off. Mm -hmm. And then two, this one woman and like, if you are out there, contact me. Like, I don't know who this person is. Like, I don't know where she's from, but she was telling a story of losing like 150 pounds and like keeping it off. And I was looking at her and I couldn't see where 10 pounds could have been on this woman's body. And she's telling me that like the equivalent of another human was attached to her. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so I like had a moment with myself that was like, Jennifer, like, they know something you don't know because that does not make sense to you. Mm -hmm. it, and I was like, get out of your own way and find out what this is because they know something that you don't. So I worked with a coach. I went through the curriculum. It completely changed my life. Like the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. And so from there, I was sort of like, well, why isn't this what we learned? Like everybody deserves this information. I really thought it was like the nutrition education we're all supposed to know and just no one ever taught us. Hmm. And so then I started to dig into like, well, why isn't this what we learned? And how did all these other things come to be? And I just, I was an insatiable student. So I started working with clients on the side of my full-time job. I built my business as a side hustle for 12 years, July, 2019. My timing is really spectacular. July, 2019, <laughs> I left my full-time job. Launched my podcast in August of 2019. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. You know, we're now here, but everything I do is really about helping people help themselves. Mm -hmm. And my mission is really to change the state of healthcare and help us all reclaim control of our health. I love that mission. That's fantastic. And Thanks. I yeah. know it's been a whirlwind couple of years. And you think at one point, like, okay, well, yeah, now nobody's hanging out with anybody. We don't, we sit on our couch now. Nobody's going to care, but I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people took it as an internal, like, oh, I get a chance to hit a reset button. And mm -hmm. I actually think a lot of people made some really positive changes over the last couple of years with COVID and just totally. getting a chance to, yeah, you don't generally get a chance as an adult to hit pause. And right. I think it really, I think if we can just reframe our minds a little bit around that. I think, you know, I don't. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest yeah. thing to come out of it is that everybody has a renewed awareness of their health, yes. if nothing else. Right. And the realization that like, if we don't have the other stuff that we feel like is important on a daily basis really isn't, you know, that there's sort of this piece that underlies everything. And, you know, hopefully that's, you know, part of this shift that lasts. <laughs> I hope so. I really do yeah. hope so. Both, you know, mental health, physical health, you know, emotional health, and, you know, just 
relationship health. I mean, people yeah, for are sure. a little crazy right now. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> yeah. we can. Uh, I um, sort of joke that like, it's a good thing yeah. I'm single because otherwise I'd be in jail by the end of the pandemic because it was like, I'd be in jail for murder, you know, <laughs> like Never living know. in a New York city, one bedroom, living and working with another person. Like, thank goodness. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. There might be a little, I mean, Yes, that's a little, little dramatic. Tight. I know I make quarters. jokes, little but tight you know, <laughs> so yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. The inside thing is, is tough. Well, and I'm in San Diego, so I can't really talk. I mean, we were, we were able to get out a bit. Yeah. I mean, we got out, you know, yeah. at least it's yeah. a walking city and things totally. like that, but you know, so one of the things I know you talk about though, a lot is willpower and how mm-hmm. people misunderstand what willpower actually is. So what does willpower mean to you? Yeah. So it's so interesting. Like, I feel like everybody feels like, oh, I just don't have the willpower. And it's like, you do actually, (laughs) right? So willpower is actually just discipline, right? Willpower is doing the things even when we don't feel like it. Willpower is decision-making. It's choices. The challenge with it is that we think that it is infinite. We think we should have boundless willpower. The reality, though, is that every choice and every decision we make depletes the same cup of willpower. So I like to think of willpower as a cup, right? And there are things that drink from it and things that replenish it. So it's not a coincidence that breakfast is an easier meal than dinner to stick to your plan in air quotes. Mm. It's not a coincidence that we start the day we're on fire. And by the way home from work, it's like every Dunkin Donuts and 7-Eleven, you know, and the dollar donuts, right? Like, yeah, those are way more appealing at the end of the day than the beginning of the day. And it's because every single thing we do every decision we have to make drinks from the same cup of willpower. So it's not that we don't have willpower. It's that we're using it in other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so really it's about understanding for each of us, what's using up our willpower and what works for us to replenish it. And there's a lot of stuff that's actually very chemical when it comes to willpower. And again, in my world, in sort of the nutrition and wellness, and especially like weight management space, a lot of times, like we've been told, by the way, this is incorrect, but we have been told eat less, move more. Hmm. Right. We've all heard that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we feel like we're trying to use willpower to eat less. Mm. Right. So we're like, We might feel hunger and we're like, nope, I'm not listening. Uh I was told to eat less, right? Here's what's really interesting about willpower. You actually have to have blood sugar in order to have willpower. Eating nutrition replenishes that willpower cup. So for a lot of people who are, especially in, you know, my world, who are trying to use willpower for their health. Mm -hmm. We think we're doing ourselves a favor and we're actually making it like climbing Mount Everest naked and barefoot because we actually need to eat in order to have willpower. The idea that we're not going to eat and use our willpower to not eat is setting ourselves up. Hmm. Yeah. So we can think about it sort of in any area of our lives, right? Where are the priorities? 
where can we sort of set things up so that it doesn't require decision-making because it's Mm -hmm. decision-making that uses willpower. And so, especially if you're going to work all day, right. And work requires you to make decisions. And by the way, (laughs) a decision of a blue pen or a red pen is just as much of a decision as are we hiring or firing someone, right? They all deplete this cup of willpower. So if we think about in the context of anything we want to do, what are the systems that we can put in place? What are the habits and routines so that things require less decision-making? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, that was a very I, long answer to your short no, question. No, <laughs> I love it. I agree. I was just sitting there thinking like, I talk about so many of those same things when it comes to your house, right? Like, yeah, it can be that like one of the things I tell people to do is have one errand day so that you're not having to go out and run a bunch of errands and tell yourself, no, I'm not going to buy that thing at the checkout stand because you, we all know that there have been studies to show, you know, if I put this thing at the end, I'm going to get some impulse buys. Well, you only have so much willpower, like you said, yep. to deal with. So if I'm going to a store every single day, I've got to say no every single day. Where if I'm saying like, okay, no, I'm going to do my one errand day. And then maybe if I buy that one impulse buy that one day, I can skip it at the other five stores. Or I didn't have to say no six other times. I only had to, you right. know, I've only had that one chance that I had to do it. Or with capsule wardrobes, you know, limiting those decisions on what I have to start, how I start my day makes it much easier to go through. So I think there's a lot of similarities between yes, clearing the crap out of your house (laughs) and then giving yourself that ability to really put your energy where you want it to be. And if that's with your health and with eating and, you know, losing weight, fantastic. It gives you that ability to do so. And then vice versa. But it's also about having patience with your kids or your significant other or whatever it is, or your friends having energy left to go do the things you want to do. Absolutely. You know, and I love the idea of sort of like, you know, all the errands we have to run or the things that we encounter. And I think part of it is also recognizing how many decisions you make and, mm-hmm. and the decisions that deplete our willpower don't always require massive thought or attention. Right. So for example, I did an experiment and it was sort of like walking down the street in New York. Okay. How many restaurants did I pass? How many billboards did I see? How many cars drove by with some ad that was food related? Right. Just again, you know, food is yeah. my world. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just trying to use that as the barometer, it is hundreds in seconds because wow. every time you notice something and don't do anything about it, that is using up this cup of willpower. So even if you right. think about, you know, the errands that you have to run, how many billboards are you passing on the road? How many stores are you walking past, whether it's a strip mall or a mall mall or wherever to get to the place to do the one thing that you have to do. And so all of those, even not, even when we're not even aware that we've decided not to walk into that other store, our brain has used its capacity to decide not to walk into these other things. So And it's interesting, like you were saying too, you know, um, it made me think about sort of, I believe that when we really understand willpower and when we figure out the systems to make some of these things more automatic, 
right? So that we don't have to use up the willpower. It also declutters our mind in, because it's like, think about how many times like you do the thing and then we start to beat ourselves up. Oh, it's the worst. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I know I say it cause I've done it, but I know I'm not alone. Right. Not like alone. we go on this tirade with ourselves and, and then it's like, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just not do the thing? And it's like, you know, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. <laughs> you know, we would never talk to our friends that way, but it's also about saying like, how can I make life easier even mentally? Like why give ourselves that excuse? And so sometimes we can go to some of the research, but sometimes the greatest tool is just to have something you say to yourself to turn off any sort of conversation about whatever that decision is. So if you're standing in the checkout and you're staring at all the magazines and the gum and all the things, like maybe it's just, I don't buy things in the checkout line, shut it down, right? Like say the thing and shut it down, create, you know, neurologically, we're creating a new pathway. We're not going back to that old thought process and just shut it down so that it's not even there anymore. Yeah. You know, and of course, easier said than done, but what are the things that we can do so that we're not even necessarily going down the path of some of those ideas. Yeah. I love that. 100% true. So is that how you would say we could use our willpower? Just make those decisions prior to kind of being out there. How do we kind of figure out? Yeah. So those are the research really says, number one, I mean, understand the things that replenish your cup, right? So nutrition, I always say to everybody, Protein and fiber at every meal makes you're moving fat. No big deal. But protein is clean, lean protein. Fiber is vegetables and sometimes fruit. And you need some quality fat, right? Every time we eat, those are the boxes that we're looking for. So if we need to eat, even if what you're, you need to go to the store for is, you know, a t-shirt, don't go on an empty stomach, hmm. right? We do not have willpower if we do not have proper blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so proper fuel activity, right? When we get busy, a lot of times we think what we don't have time for is the gym or movement or whatever. It doesn't matter. 10 minutes, yep. move your body. I give everybody to not even 10 minutes. This takes two minutes or less called 30, 30, 30, do 30 jumping jacks, 30 pushups, 30 crunches or 30 squats, you know, 30 crunches, whatever. Do 30 of three different things. I did a little, I have these mini episodes. I did one called 30, 30, 30. I came up with a handful of different things. I tried them all. Every single one took less than two minutes. You don't have to change your clothes. You don't have to fix your hair after. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You, you know, like when you're on Zoom and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the Zoom, but I have two minutes. What can I do in two minutes? Uh-huh, there you yes. go. Just do something. So moving our body actually replenishes our willpower. And then the really interesting thing is that the research shows that those who use willpower most effectively use their willpower to create habits and routines, not to white knuckle it through any one situation. So the idea then is to say, right, let's use our willpower to make sure that the night before we set the alarm, we have things in place, lunch is pre-made. That's when we want to use our willpower to set up the routines and the habits. So that in the moment, there aren't decisions to make. And then if there is, we have the capacity to. Right. Because you haven't had anything much to drink from your cup as much. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So using the willpower to create the systems 
that eliminate, you know, all those, you know, a lot of those decisions that we encounter every single day, all the time. Yeah. The pre-planning. Yeah. Getting Mm -hmm. that just pre-planning out of the way. It just makes it easier in the moment. Either one, you don't have to make the decision because it's already been made for you. Or two, you have the space to do so. You just made space for yourself. So I love that. Absolutely. Exactly. 100%. I am a huge advocate of routines and habits and, you know, setting up systems that you can live the, the way you dream your life to be. You know, you don't just, people don't just wake up one day and suddenly they got that dream life they wanted. They've worked toward it and they do the behaviors that the person that they want to be does. And so it's like, we just have to work that those into our lives, figure out what that is, first of all, and then kind of work backwards a little bit into what you could be doing right now to start writing right. that way. So I love that idea of and I think, willpower in that way. Yeah. And the more you can sort of gamify it, yes. right. Helps us stick with it. Totally. The more that we can, um, you know, come up with some of these things, whether it's rewards or consequences to help us stick with it. You know, those things that we're looking forward to help replenish the cup. A couple other ones. An interesting one is actually distraction. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Okay. So tell me more like we're toddlers. They do. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the study was on little kids, right? Okay. And they put the marshmallows in front of the little oh, kids. Yes. I love the study. Yeah. But right. And then they like for those that don't know. Yeah. So it's like they put the, I'm not going to get every detail, you know, cause it's not so important, but so they put the marshmallows down in front of the kids and it's like each kid had one marshmallow and it was like, if you don't touch it in, I don't, I can't remember how many minutes it was in five minutes, 10 minutes, you'll have two right? The kids that distracted themselves by playing with their shoe or their shirt or doing other things mm-hmm. past the time, got to the 10 minutes and got to marshmallows. So sometimes it makes the argument for, you know, just going back to your example of like standing in the checkout line, like let your phone be the distraction, stare at your phone instead of at the other things around you or do a quick, you know, standing meditation, body scan, pay attention to your body instead, distract yourself with something else, you know, for the time period or whatever it is. Like, you know, sometimes it's just a minute. Sometimes it's distract ourselves, but removing ourselves from the physical situation. You know, if the closet is stretching you out, stressing you out, step away, (laughs) right? Stress depletes our willpower too. You know, so it's all of those kinds of little things that sometimes we don't really think about Mm -hmm. that can help us play into it. Sure. Do you have an example of gamification, something you do in your life? Yeah. There's things of even like apps right? And the feedback that they give you. And so it's like mm-hmm. the days in a row, okay. right? So how many days in a row can I get, a, you know, doing the same thing or whatever it is, right? And when we start to track how many days something happens, we don't want to lose the streak, right? It's all about sort of gamifying those behaviors. Part of that is what's the reward at the end sure. and how do we keep track of it? Okay. So where's the accountability in it? Is it texting a friend? Is it, you know, the calendar on the wall and you're going to check off those days? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a streak, right? How many ways can we create a streak in our habits? Got it. My daughter has the Sonicare toothbrush 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the kid's toothbrush. And so she's every day, you know, every time she brushes her teeth and she has to brush her teeth before noon for it to count, which I know sounds crazy, but sometimes on the weekends, it can be a Listen, little late. We're like, get pick in your bathroom and brush your teeth. <laughs> but yeah. she's on like over 730, you know, in a row on this thing. And, you know, heaven forbid we lose a day. I think the world might end. So, right. We're and then it's really also, it. <laughs> yeah. And you could even do a time limit game. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Like if we got to clean up the playroom, I'm going to set a timer for 90 seconds. How much can we do in 90 seconds? Yeah. Right. That becomes a game. Super fun. Right. <laughs> you know, or play a song, right? Like we don't want to do the dishes. Listen to a great song or podcast while you do the dishes. Like that's distraction. It's a little bit of a game. It's like, can I finish all this before the song is over? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, you know, something huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked about then kind of that, I don't know, I would call that not necessarily our physical space, like our environment. I would just call that a little bit more of like the, I don't know what we call that metaphysical. I don't know. Um, you know, kind of mental a little bit. So how, are there ways that you would recommend people set up their environment, maybe their home environment or, you know, their work environment, car environment, anything like maybe if it's, it's even their route to and from Absolute. work, exactly. you know, what kinds of things can people do to help in their, yeah. So the route to and from work is a big one, Okay. right? Like if you feel like it is climbing Mount Everest to not stop at wherever on your way home from work, or for example, maybe it's like, I got to run this errand. Mm before I go home, right? What's the route that we're going to drive so that the errand becomes convenient? The errand is then on the way home. Aha. Right. Even, you know, for some clients to find in the time for the activity, how can you get home such that the place where you go to do the activity is closer than home? Mm. So it becomes on the way. And then what if you change your clothes before you leave the wherever you're coming from. So I used to change for the gym. I worked full time. I had my business on the side. I would work out after work so that I had some sort of separation between like my stuff and their stuff so that I wasn't a raging lunatic jerk when I I went to go do my things. Absolutely. So (laughs) I changed my clothes in the office right before I left. So that I was already wearing the clothes mm-hmm. and it's less tempting to go home than it is to go with your, to what you're already dressed for. That makes sense. Right. In your home environment. If the challenge is. You know, I default to sort of my space and sure. the challenges that, Let's you know, with my clients, but fine. so, you know, put the healthiest options at eye level. Right. Right. I had one client where part of keeping sort of the, what I call, you know, the high glycemic foods, right? The foods that are going to spike our blood sugar and put us into a fat storage mode are not eye level. They require a lot of extra effort to get to, Mm. right? So (laughs) there was somebody years ago, a client, she put candy. She was a big candy person. She had it in one of those little mini like kids, safes or like lock boxes in the bottom of a closet behind a bunch of shoes. It wasn't about hiding it from herself. She knew exactly where it was and what was in there. It was about all the obstacles that were moments of forced awareness Mm. 
mm-hmm. between her and the candy. Right. Yeah. So it was it forced her to be very clear about what she was doing because there were obstacles in that way. So how can we make the healthful things the easiest things? If we want to get kids to put laundry in the hamper, where do we have to put the hamper so that it's where they take their clothes off instead Absolutely. of where we actually want it to be? Yep. You know, how do we set the things up so that the default is the thing that we're looking for, that that makes it the easiest? So maybe that means that the hamper's in a really weird spot aesthetically, <laughs> you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Right. We got to pick our battles. If all the clothes end up in the floor in that spot, put the hamper there. Yep. You know, you can put the hamper away when the guests come over. It's no big deal, but make your everyday life easier for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I personally, I always struggle with like getting rid of something when I buy something new. Maybe there are only a certain number of hangers in your closet. Mm hmm. You know, there's only, this is the drawer. If it doesn't fit in this drawer, it doesn't stay in this house. You know, this is the drawer where those things go or whatever it is, right? We can make up little rules for ourselves, but those rules that are sort of like a hard line in the research, they call them bright line, right? When we sort of have that bright line, it makes a lot easier. We don't have to have that debate. Right. The decision has been made. There's no longer rationalizing with yourself. You can't say, oh, well, but I really like this one. Or I, I tell people to make the decision, especially on purchasing decisions before it even comes in your house, like know where you want to put it before it even makes its way through the door. Or you even take your pocketbook out because it, it doesn't have a place where you intend for it to be or a specific use, or, you know, you really need it, then it's just going to become clutter and it's just going to end up going around your house in all these different places. So, you know, sometimes now, sometimes people are able to buy the stuff and not eat the candy, right? Sometimes people are able to do that. If you're not able to do that, then just don't buy it in the first place. It's always at the store. Try to like for my world, which is like stuff, use the store as your storage place. It's at the store if you need it and you can go access it when you need it by buying it from the store. It is your warehouse. Go ahead and just think about it in those terms and then don't even buy it because then, then you have to make the decision on it. And then you have to use up that willpower and that cup and stuff. So one thing we did in our house for our environment to help us stop watching television, because I'm not going to not have a TV in my house. I'm not that crazy. I'm not, I'm such a TV junkie. I'm, I I'm love just, it. You know, yeah. it, it is what it is. We have Friday yep. night movie night. It is sacred in our house. So <laughs> family movie night where we just kind of cuddle up on the couch. But when we lived in our last place, the way this, the space was set up, we had our office kind of, it was a really funky layout. So you kind of had this entry level that was like half a level below. Mm-hmm. And at first pre COVID, that's where my husband's office was, which was fine when we weren't all home when he and I were home together, but our daughter was at school. So, you know, the yeah. house was quiet, um, <laughs> cause we were both busy working. So it was fine when that was the case, but then our TV was right off of the kitchen. So it was like TV, living, dining, all kitchen, all mm-hmm. in one great space. And when COVID hit, we just found we were watching so much television 
It was really bad. And so we had to swap. And so we got the TV out of sight, right? Like we put it in a different room. So you had to make the decision to walk down the stairs instead of just, oh, we're having breakfast, flip on the TV. And it was a huge game changer for us. And now we barely watch any television. Well, we never turn TV on in the morning. We've moved. And so it's in a different room now, but yeah, part of it is like you said, it's about what's visible. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes it's, how did we orient the furniture? Yes. Right. Looking at if all the furniture is oriented, looking at the television, then it inherently tells us that the activity in this space is watching TV. Right. Right. If we orient the furniture to sort of be facing each other, Mm -hmm. then we've created a situation where the default activity in this space is looking at and talking to each other. Yeah. I love it. I love that idea of like, what is the default setting? you know, pick your default setting that you want. What is that, that you want it to be and then create your space to go with that or create your refrigerator to reflect the default foods you want to be eating or things like that. So, oh, that's, it's a really good way to look at it. Just a little bit of a shift. um, And and you don't have to do everything at once, right? Like it's choose one thing. It's, you know, And I also think that's a piece of it too, right? Like going back to the whole willpower thing, like the more things we're trying to do at once, the more we're depleting that cup and we're setting ourselves up. Yes. I, I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie. That is, we all do, right? We're like zero or a hundred. We're like, I'm 180. I'm doing all the things right now, you know? Yes. Right. Bring the dumpster. I'm throwing all the stuff out. Let's just do this. But Right. Agreed. No, the slow and steady tortoise approach is 100% better in the long term. Um, I just have, and to it depends on what that. it is. Like, I'm not going to yeah. lie when, sure. you know, cleaning out my apartment, a f- dear friend of mine is a professional organizer. I am way better when she is here. If I'm left to my own devices to clean out my closet, I start strong. And then by the end of it, everything is staying right. I depleted that willpower. I had a lot more in the beginning than by the end. I was sick of making decisions, right? So if I was doing it on my own, (laughs) it would take a lot longer. So having somebody else, that accountability, right. And someone else to sort of help the process along. So like, for me, that was way easier in one fell swoop. Oh, sure. But to build new things. Absolutely. The slow and steady tortoise. Well, I think it also depends on what you are good at and what you are comfortable yes. with. Right. So totally. like your wheelhouse isn't the decluttering and the organizing. That's my wheelhouse. Right. So that's right. why it's helpful for you to have somebody to help you do it for other people. The wheelhouse is not food and, you know, living a healthier lifestyle. Right. And that's why they need you as their optimal health coach to help them reach those goals. And so I think that that's just something that yeah, that's just a life thing. We just, we need to well, ask that's for the, the help self-awareness want, right? piece, right? Sure. And you know, self-awareness yeah. plays into willpower. <laughs> so self-awareness also replenishes that cup. If we know, yeah. right, then we can plan. If we know where we're at our best, if we know how to set up an environment that puts us in, you know, our best energy, our best mood and all of those things, like one little thing I did. So I, for years, I was not a snoozer. Like never hit snooze, just got out of bed. Great habit. Then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. So that went away. And then, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, this was maybe like 2010, 2011, started to snooze. Definitely a function of not liking my job. And then, which, you know, that's maybe a story for another day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
my full-time job. That is, I've always loved my business, but I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fast forward probably towards the end of 2020. And I was like, I work for myself now. Why am I snoozing? Why am I setting the alarm earlier? Because I know I'm not going to get out of bed. Like this is absurd. Right. So I got one of those alarm clocks that mimics the sunlight. Mm -hmm. So you still set, it still goes off. There's still an alarm that goes off. It's still like you still set a time, but it then starts to get gradually brighter, starting a few minutes before the alarm is going to go off so that it's not waking you up from like a super deep sleep. Like the light already starts to wake you up. Even something little like that. Now I'm at the point where maybe I need to move the alarm clock across the room, but you know, we're, we're all a work in progress. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> Me too. I tell that about myself all the time, but it is true. I mean, there's lots of tricks and gadgets and things that can help us form these habits that we want. And I think you're right. Like have knowing like when there's something you don't want to get out of bed for, I mean, it's much easier to then say, Oh, I really, I don't want to. Right. And I think that's a good point for you at that point to examine as well. Like, okay, what's happening that I'm hitting this, that I don't want to get out of bed. Is there some life change I need to make that can help me not want to stay in bed all day? or whatever it is. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Jen, this has been fantastic. I've had a lot of fun talking about willpower and different things. And, um, you've given us a lot to think about. And I love some of those perspective shifts on how we can look at willpower in a little bit of a different light and know that it is not unlimited and that we're not broken for not having as much as we want, because I think we all push our limits there. Totally. I always, I think of it it's like, it's a refillable cup, yes. right? So it's a limited resource, but we could refill it an unlimited number of times if yes. we're willing to, and we know what works for us. Right. Well, and I think we all understand that concept because when we go to bed, we wake up with more willpower, right? Rest is definitely right. one of those exactly. refill things. And I think we yeah. understand that. Yeah. That process. Yeah. And, but again, there are ways you can do it throughout the day. And that is what you help people with when exactly need that motivation, all the things so to sleep awesome. too. All the things, (laughs) all the things. Well, Jen, where can people find you if they want to find out more? Absolutely. So my podcast is salad with a side of fries, wherever you like to listen, we're there. The website is a salad with a side of fries, all social media. I am at Jen Trepek, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Please send me a message, by the way, like hearing from you, what resonated, what made sense or didn't is my favorite thing. So please send me a message. Love that. All of those links in the show notes. So if you are out and about driving, you will have access to those later. So please um, check that out and check out Jen's um, stuff. And I love the name of that podcast. It's super fun. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Yeah, really cool. So I like to end each interview with three rapid fire questions. And so here we go. Number one is what does minimalism mean to you? I like to think of minimalism more like the the philosophy essentialism, Mm, right? Like what are the pieces that are mission critical for me and letting those, you know, stay at the forefront. Oh, that's a great one. I haven't heard that one yet. I love it. (laughs) And number two, what is one of your favorite pieces of advice um, that you haven't gotten a chance to share and you'd like to share today? I think you don't suck. (laughs) 
Thank you. <laughs> you know, but like for everybody, like we have this idea, you know, like we have such yeah. high expectations of ourselves. Like you're yeah. doing great. You are great. You can do the things. There is nothing wrong with you. And a lot of times we've just relied on systems that have failed us because they weren't designed for really what we're looking for in the long term. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. You don't suck. <laughs> Definitely you don't suck. not. <laughs> and then what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Oh, so many things. First of all, this conversation is pure Yay. joy. So thank, thank you for you. having me. Really fun. I love FaceTime with my nephew. He's going to be eight this fall. And so, you know, FaceTime with him. He left for camp today. And, you know, hearing from people of like the shifts and transformations that they've made, just, you know, the little nuggets that change someone's life. It just makes my day every day. Oh, so good. So good. Well, like I said, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a treat and I just wish you the best uh, today. And always. thank you so much. All right. Likewise. So what did you think? Are you feeling a little bit better about willpower and your ability to reach your goals, no matter what they are? I'd love to hear all about them. And if you don't know, I love cheering people on. So come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and let me know what your goals are and if this episode is going to help you get there. Thank you again to Jen for joining us on the show today and for sharing some great advice. And as always, I want to thank you for joining me too. If you made it this far, it would absolutely make my day, and I would be thrilled if you left me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews help me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. And don't forget that you can get the links to Jen's website, podcast, and her resources in the show notes on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 110. Again, that website is at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 110. Zero. I hope you have an absolutely fabulous day, and I will see you back here next week for another guest episode when I will be speaking with Dr. Julie Hanks about empowering women to prioritize their needs so they can revolutionize their families. You won't want to miss it. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Cheers.